Hello and welcome to Social Justice Matters, a podcast from Social Justice Ireland. My name is Colette Bennett and I'm Economic and Social Analyst with Social Justice Ireland. While many of our other podcasts in our library give you a chance to listen back to some of our best seminars or listen to interviews on different topical issues, the purpose of the 10 minute lesson series is to inform and educate listeners on a particular area of policy, giving a brief overview and hitting on the key points that people need to know. This episode of 10 Minute Lessons is about our Housing and Poverty 2022 publication, which we released on Monday, the 10th of January 2022. As you can tell from the title of the podcast, it's a tale of two parts. So in this episode, we're going to set out the context. I'm going to bring you through the definition of poverty for 2020, how it was calculated and some of the headline numbers, particularly around the use of housing subsidies. The next episode then will look at certain groups who are more susceptible to this type of housing poverty um, and the impacts that it has on them in a little bit more detail, together with our policy recommendations. So I hope you enjoy it. So when we look and we think about poverty and we think about housing, we have to go back to the government's stated objective when publishing the Housing for All strategy last year. And that was that everybody should have access to sustainable, good quality housing to purchase or rent at an affordable price, built to a high standard and located close to essential services offering a high quality of life. And I think realistically, that's what everybody wants from a home. Now, while COVID-19 impacted delivery, the availability of secure housing with adequate sanitation facilities proved to be part of the frontline defence in the COVID-19 pandemic. Governments issued stay-in-place orders, limiting movements to suppress the spread of the infection. Health policies were based on the presumption that everybody had somewhere to stay and that this place was safe, secure and adequate to meet the health needs of everybody on the premises. However, even where this was possible, affordability remained a serious issue for many. The latest poverty data was released by the Central Statistics Office in December 2021. Now, this data refers to the year 2020, and it has a break in the time series, meaning that it can't be compared to previous years because there was a change in the methodology that was used. A new and important inclusion in the 2020 data is the inclusion of data on the at-risk of poverty rate after deducting rent and mortgage interest to reflect inequalities in housing costs and their impact on poverty risk. Now, just to be very clear on this, when we talk about housing costs in this context, we are only talking about mortgage interest, not the full mortgage payment, and we're talking about rent. So it's the cost of having a roof over your head, not of buying an asset. So what this data set means is that for the first time, we can look at quantifying the number of people for whom the payment of housing costs brings them below the poverty line. In this special edition, we take a look at the new data and the impact of housing subsidies, such as the housing assistance payment, rental accommodation scheme and rent supplement as a means to supporting social housing tenants. We also look at how mortgage interest and rent payments impact on the poverty rate of various household types most closely associated with higher rates of poverty in previous years. But before we can talk about the impact of housing costs on the poverty rate, we need to understand what poverty actually is and how it's measured. So the National Anti-Poverty Strategy that was published back in 1997 adopted a definition of poverty that said that people are living in poverty if their income and resources, material, cultural and social, are so inadequate as to preclude them from having a standard of living that is regarded as acceptable by Irish society generally. 
As a result of inadequate income and resources, people may be excluded and marginalised from participating in activities that are considered the norm for other people in society. So essentially, if you don't have enough money to participate in society, you are living in poverty. But in terms of what that means in euro and cent, we need to look at how poverty is calculated and where the poverty line actually is. So what the CSO consider to be a line of poverty is 60% of the median equivalised disposable income. Now, that's a bit of a mouthful. So I'm just going to explain a bit more about that. What the median disposable income is. So if we, we look at disposable income first, it is the income minus tax and social insurance. So that's your disposable income. Before you've bought anything else or paid for anything else, that is your disposable income for the purposes of what we're talking about today. The median income then is if you were to line everybody up by their income from the very, very lowest to the very, very highest, the person bang in the middle is the median income earner. So that's the median disposable income. Equivalised median disposable income then means that we can calculate and compare against different household types. So it's a way of comparing and I'll, I'll give you a few numbers on that in a minute. 60% of the median equivalised disposable income is the poverty line. So if you are earning less than that, you are in poverty. In terms of a one adult household, that 60%, that minimum disposable income required to avoid poverty in 2020 was €273.17, an annual figure of 14205 now, if we think back to 2020 and we look at the core social welfare rates, that was €203 Euro a week. So we know that the core social welfare payment was €70 Euro lower than the poverty rate at that time. When we look at equivalising it, so that is looking at different household types, for every additional adult, you take 66% or two thirds of that weekly or annual amount. For every additional child, you take a third, so 33%. So for a one adult family with two children, your poverty line is €453.47 a week or 23580 a year. For families with two adults and two children, it's €633.76 a week or 32956 a year. And there's a table in our housing and poverty briefing that sets out those numbers for you. So you can have a look at it and download it from our website if you like. So one of the headline issues that I really want to talk about in this episode of the podcast is the failure of housing supplements. Now, there are three main housing supplements that are mentioned in the 2020 Silk data. Housing Assistance Payment, or HAP, the Rental Accommodation Scheme, or RAS, and the rent supplement. Housing assistance payment is a payment made by the local authority directly to the landlord in respect of a household assessed as needing long-term social housing. The tenancy is between the landlord and the tenant, and notwithstanding the introduction of anti-discrimination laws in favour of tenants in receipt of HAP, choosing to accept and retain HAP tenants in a time of double-digit rent inflation very much remains at the discretion of the landlord. The rental accommodation scheme then is also a direct subsidy to the private landlord. However, in this case, the tenancy is between the tenant and the local authority, with the local authority entering into a separate agreement with the landlord. These are intended to be long-term social housing solutions. 
However, the latest data on HAP indicates that of the 80,827 HAP tenancies that began between 2016 and 2020, just 59,801, or sorry, 821, were active at the end of 2020. So that's a failure rate of 26% of all new HAP tenancies. Rent supplement then is a short-term supplementary welfare payment available to tenants in the private rented sector. Initially for a period of six months, many rent supplements have extended way beyond that period and are being transferred to wider HAP or RAS. Since its introduction in September 2014, the importance of HAP as a means of providing what's called social housing solutions has increased dramatically. It was the cornerstone of the previous government's housing strategy, Rebuilding Ireland's Social Housing Solutions, and it remains a key component of the current Housing for All strategy. Housing for All commits to delivering 90,000 social homes by 2030, with an average of 9,500 new built social homes a year to 2026. If the strategy commits to building 47,500 homes by 2026 with guaranteed funding, how are the remaining 42,500 homes to be delivered? Realistically, the reality is that almost half of the 90,000 homes will be likely delivered through the private sector using subsidies such as the housing assistance payment and the rental accommodation scheme. Schemes that rely on the private rented sector and have been shown to be precarious. But what about the poverty risk? Well, as I said, the latest data from 2020 Silk suggests that the tenure with the highest risk of poverty after housing costs have been factored in are for those living in rented or rent-free accommodation. So increasing from a poverty rate of 27.6% before housing costs are taken into account to a rate of 44.7% when you include housing costs, when rent is included. The actual number of people involved increases from 398,354 people pre-housing costs living in poverty to 645,160 after housing costs. That's almost a quarter of a million more people. However, the increase in poverty risk is even more severe for households in private rented properties that are subsidised by the state. According to the CSO, 22.7% of people living in subsidised rented accommodation were living below the poverty line before rent was factored in. So that's just over one in every five. Once rent has been taken into account, the proportion of subsidised households living in poverty increases to 55.9%, so much more than one in two. That's an increase of almost two and a half times the pre-housing costs rate. The purpose of social housing, as stated in the government's Housing for All strategy, is to ensure that households who do not have sufficient resources to meet their housing needs, either on the open market or with state affordability supports, are provided with social housing. The increasing use of the private rented sector to provide social housing supports means that more households will be driven into poverty to cover basic housing costs, rather than the, being provided with the necessary basics. And this cannot continue. So that's it for the 10 minute lesson for today. Join us next week when we look at more household types and our policies and proposals for eliminating household poverty. Thank you.